0: In our politically charged world, the debate over the restriction of ordination to men alone, well, too often focuses on the political rather than the theological. Now, the churches condemned discrimination based on sex and spoke profoundly of the unique gifts that women offer our church. But still, the church will not more importantly, cannot change its position on reserving holy orders to men. Well, joining me this morning to help us understand more is Deacon Justin Echevarria. He's joining us during his pastoral year at Christ the King Church in Milwaukee. Good morning, Deacon Justin. Thanks for joining us again this week.
1: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: So, the male priesthood, we've never known anything other than that. Mm-hmm. Is there, though, a time or a tradition in church history where women were ordained to the priesthood?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. And uh, I also want to give a shout out because this, this question came up to me from some of the kids at Christ the King, particularly one of the sixth graders and a couple of second graders. I welcome questions. Um, historically speaking, we have no record of any woman being ordained uh, that we know of.
0: So never a time in our Catholic church history. And we believe that the Orthodox also follow that line, Coptic Orthodox, they also have only a male priesthood. Mm-hmm. So looking at our own history, and and we know that over 2000 years, things look a little differently, you know, Mm -hmm. in our modern churches today, we understand scripture better and translation Mm -hmm. better. Uh, So in what ways does the church use both biblically and in our understanding of uh, inside of the catechism of the Catholic church? How have our popes then upheld a male only priesthood?
1: No, it's a great question. Uh, especially when you mentioned scripturally, we have a better understanding of of the Word of God, and that was a, a big part of the project project of Vatican II. let get even the way we how we listen to the readings at Mass and why the readings are picked. That's from the authority of the Council, very much a, a really good influence to get get the word out to people. You know, yeah, we're not we're not sitting on the ground now and hearing um, Aramaic or Hebrew anymore on a on a <laughs> regular basis. Two thousand years ago. But I would like to first bring this up because, you know, people will ask, you know, why, why aren't there women priests? And at many times, it's not always, but many times it's women who ask me that question. Rightfully so. My first answer is, yes, we do have women priests. And first you're like, wait, what, what is, where is he going with this? I
0: was going to say, yeah, where are they? What is he talking they? about?
1: So I'd like to read from the first letter of Peter, the first pope. Let's just start from the beginning. And this is 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. So, he mentions the royal priesthood. Okay. What does that mean? So, according to scripture and according to the authority of the Second Vatican Council and the teachings of the papacy, you and I, the newly baptized baby, all the way to the Holy Father, Pope Francis in Rome, we are part of what's called the baptismal priesthood, the royal priesthood that we're all called to. You're a baptized Christian, you're a baptized Catholic, you are a priest by your baptism, called to sacrifice on the altar of your life, to go out, to preach the word of God, to evangelize, to be a missionary people. All, Everyone, man or woman, we're all priests in that way. Some could say, well, that's just semantics, right? Well, do we believe in, in both the material and the spiritual world? You know, we're bodies and souls. Okay, this is real. The royal priesthood, the spiritual baptismal priesthood that we have that's real. It's not just fancy language. And this specifically, if you wanted to look up the, the document from Vatican II, it's Lumen Gentium, starting with number 10 in chapter two, The People of God.
0: Okay, for those of us who want to do the extra credit homework, you can definitely look at that up. Deacon Justin Echevarria joining us today as we have a discussion on, well, the priesthood. Okay, so there is that royal priesthood. Mm-hmm. Now that we are all called to be by our baptism, we are mm-hmm. all part of. How does then that differ than what? you as when you are ordained into the priesthood and the priest that we have that celebrate mass for us on Sundays, Mm -hmm. how does that differ than what we are all called to do? Because boy, looking in many parishes across the archdiocese, Mm -hmm. we look at the roles that women are taking and Mm -hmm. they, there are plenty of women that are doing a lot of work within the church. Mm -hmm. So why, how is that the, uh, they, we can be that part of the church, but not part of the church That serves at the altar.
1: Yes. So while I am part of the royal priesthood by my baptism in May of 1992, (laughs) I am called, and my brothers who are training, being formed to become priests, are called to what's known as the ministerial priesthood. So the ministerial priesthood. That's where you have deacons, priests, bishops. We're called to minister to guide and to serve the royal priesthood. So sometimes even after mass, you know, someone walks by me and I'll, I'll just kind of jokingly bow my head and say, ah, oh, the royal priesthood, you know, the ah. kings and queens. And we even had a, a girl baptized, a student baptized during the school mass. Her name's is Perpetua, named after one of the saints, one of the martyrs, mm. a female martyr, a great example of the living witness. Uh, and Monsignor Saik said to her, you, you know, you're a queen now after she got baptized, you are royalty. She's called to that amazing priesthood. Mm. So we're called to serve. Now, why is it that you don't see in our faith, a a woman wearing the collar that I wear around my neck? Well, we can go to St. John Paul, II on that one in the beautiful document. He made a very good tool for all of us, for everyone ministerial and royal priesthood to refer to the catechism of the Catholic Church. So it says and the number is 1577, who can receive the sacrament? Only a baptized man validly receives sacred ordination. Now let me pause there for a second because I know this is a this is a sensitive issue. It's a sensitive topic. I would not want a girl who is Catholic to think that, oh, I'm being treated poorly. The hierarchy of the church somehow looks down on me some, like some sort of totalitarian body. So it says here that only a baptized man can validly receive the sacrament. But right after this, in 1578, the number uh, paragraph after that, no one has the right to receive the sacrament of holy orders. So a baptized Catholic man cannot presume oh because i'm a man i can be a priest hmm. you wouldn't want that guy to be a priest that's almost like a this might sound a little strong almost like this w- ambitious power seeking kind of thing
0: right okay
1: and the priesthood is not about power we are, we are we're we're called to be servants that's why it's a blessing that the first degree of holy orders is deacon when you become ordained a priest you don't stop being a deacon your foundation your you know remember where you came from your roots is service you're a servant so you can't just presume that like oh i can just i can just be a priest no not all men become priests some become permanent deacons but that also takes prayer and discernment not not a not some sort of like well i can do it because i'm a man we are also all other men are called to be husbands fathers you know it's not. Uh, it's not. It should not. Presumption is a, is a big sin. <laughs> you mm-hmm. don't want to presume like, oh, it's it's pride. It's 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 you know it's it's arrogant. And we're we're led in our church, especially in our local church, you know, by 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 good men like Archbishop Sample and in my case with Monsignor Syak at Christ the King. Now, to get a little further as to okay, great, but why why can't women do it?
0: That's a really good question. And I think that is, is where people are going at. Ooh, mm-hmm. Why can't women do this? Mm-hmm. That's going to be a great question to start with in our next half hour. Deacon, it's been wonderful talking with you, but I am up against my break. Please stay with me through the break so we can continue our discussion. Sounds great. And I am back with Deacon Justin Echevarria. He's joining me today. Well, we're taking on a big topic here on the morning show, and that has to do with male priesthood. Deacon Justin serving at Christ the King his pastoral year. Oh, with God willing and prayers for all of us, his ordination. Well, in just a year's time, Uh, Deacon Justin, thanks so much for staying with us.
1: That's great. Thanks for having me.
0: So when we began our discussion in the first half hour, I I said in the introduction that we are so informed by our politics and things that we see on the news and women fighting for, uh, you know, their rights, rights in the workplace, in sports, Mm -hmm. in education. And Mm -hmm. so we get into this mentality like here in the United States, we should be able to do everything that a man can do. If it is our desire, well, but we don't use those political lens when we look at our faith. We've got to look through the history of the church Mm -hmm. and the uh, theological view of it. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much for helping us unpack this. So as we ended our last interview, we began to talk and, and kind of dive into why women are not the ones called to the priesthood, where we understand, as you mentioned also, that not every man is eligible and called to the priesthood hmm
1: yes so if we go even deeper scripturally speaking when was the first priestly ordination it was the last supper it was jesus ordaining his apostles who were men you know, led by saint peter the first pope and traditionally speaking when they were the first they were the first bishops when they ordained their successors they were men And that line continued. So to echo St. John Paul II, we don't have the authority to ordain women. We don't have that authority. It's like um, you think about it. I I listened to a priest on Ascension, Ascension Presents recently and he said, you know, everyone loves cookies and milk. Oh, yes. You know, why don't we just make the bread and wine? We replace that at mass to cookies and milk. And the way he explained it was, well, the priest could say the prayer, but it won't become the body and blood of Christ because he ordained it so that it was bread and wine. Bread and wine is what we have from Jesus that becomes the body and blood, soul and divinity of him, our Lord, which is the source and summit of our faith. That's language from Vatican II. So we don't have that authority. However, I do want to stress that you know for the dignity of women because men and women are equal in dignity we're made in the image and likeness of God it should never be some sort of power struggle we play different roles so even if you go back to the ancient Hebrews and this is what what I heard from father Mike Schmitz actually was that even for the ancient Hebrews you know the head of the family and and, and the priest was the father so it's not simply what does a priest do because If we look at that lens, then the priest comes off as just a functionary. Like anybody can go up there and hold out their hands and say these words. And boom, we have the Eucharist. We have to delve into more of who the priest is. He is the father. Now, I also want to stress, we need mothers in the church. We need to pray for vocations, to the religious life, for nuns. Look at Mother Angelica on EWTN, Mother Teresa, Sister Miriam now. Amazing female figures in the church and even promoting the female saints. There's a lot. I'll just bring a couple, but usually I bring some heavy hitters. So I think of like, you know, they weren't priests and they made huge contributions in the history of the church. Think of St. Joan of Arc, a 16 year old maid. Maiden, this this the Maid of Orleans, as as they would call her. She was this sixteen year old girl who commanded the French army against the English. She was a mystic, burned at the stake, and the Pope declared her a martyr for the faith. You think of Saint Teresa of Avila, one of the first female doctors of the Church, an amazing reformer of the Carmelites, and then of course Saint Catherine of Siena, this this little Italian Dominican woman who, when the papacy had moved to France during what was called the Avignon Papacy. And the Pope was very politically powerful at that time. She told the Pope, you need to go back to Rome. Peter needs to be in Rome. Mm. And eventually the papacy did move. Like she, you could say through through the, as an instrument of God, she she could stand toe to toe with the papacy. Oh, All those female saints, pray for us. Uh, we need to talk about them too, our mothers in the faith.
0: Oh, absolutely. Deacon Justin, in fact, I believe the last time I had the privilege of talking to Sister Miriam Heidlin. She was on retreat, leading a retreat for priests. She was the retreat leader. So you're right. There are incredible roles that we as women can play. Well, let me then just ask this question and throw this in here. If we're looking at church history, if we open up Romans chapter 16, uh, it talks about a servant, a deaconess named Phoebe. So I think many people go to that and they go, ho, ho, wait a second now but there were deacons that were women in the church. Mm-hmm. So if there were female deacons, then why why does that not, you know, relate to this day and age? Why aren't there female deacons?
1: Yeah, that's a great question and it should be good for us to discuss these things. I think too often in this in this culture now, people shut each other down or or cancel each other because they don't agree.
0: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: no, let's let's talk. Okay, we have it says here in 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 chapter 16 I commend to you our sister Phoebe a servant of the church that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of the Saints and help her in whatever she may need from you for she has been a patron of many and of myself as well and this is actually the Bible I have from the Augustine Institute but where it says servant there's a little mark that says deaconess because in in Greek one of the words is diakonos where we get the word deacon the understanding of the, of the deacon and deaconess was different back then. We got to put this in the historical context of the church being formed. This is the early church. This is mere decades after the ascension of our Lord, which we will celebrate very soon. Mm-hmm. So back then, for example, when we, were, when we were baptizing people, people were not clothed. So they needed servants to help them. Men for the newly baptized men and women for the newly baptized women. And they would be considered sort of, you know, deacons and deaconesses. So the understanding of that, you know, this is, again, the early church. So we have to put that in its historical context. Uh, It wasn't what the diaconate looks like now.
0: All right. Well, that is wonderful information to know. So many questions. I think that uh, very easily you could have spent a whole semester classwork in trying to understand the history of our deacons and then the priesthood and still have more questions. Before we go, uh, Deacon Justin, you know, I had uh, spoken uh, yesterday on the show in our announcements. The Archdiocese is inviting the entire community to the diaconate ordination of Mm -hmm. James Ladd Coming up on Saturday, boy. Leading up to this last week, just a few days away to his diaconate ordination. What's that like? You having gone through that not too long ago?
1: Yeah, it was only it was only last September. It really wasn't that long ago. You know, every 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 guy approaches it probably in a different way. You know, just like how formation is. You know, it's not cookie cutter. We're not all the same. We're not clones. Um, I'm very happy for for James. Uh, he he and I originally are from Holy Trinity out in Beaverton, so shout out to them. Uh, we entered together. Uh, and even though we're equal in terms of formation, we entered the same grade level. He's he's very much, he's got a few years on me. He's he's also not, he's a big brother to me. Um, yeah. And I'm sure right now there's probably so many things going through his mind. You know, there's kind of a flurry, at least for me it was, there was that excitement and maybe a little, you know, there was that anticipation, maybe a little bit of like, not worry, but a little bit of like, oh, you know, kind of a, almost a, like an anxiousness. You know, mm-hmm. of of it. Um, but that is to that is to say, it's a very joyful occasion. And I I would ask all who are listening, please come if you can. It's at the cathedral. We would love for the royal priesthood to come as a local church to bear witness to an ordination. It's it is this is if this doesn't sound too strong, it's one of the most. Catholic things you could you oh. could see is an ordination. Absolutely. You know, while the Easter Vigil is like the mass of masses, which it is. It's a very beautiful mass. I think an ordination is like right up there, I think, with that. It's just, wow, what you see. And and, and and if you come, listen to the prayers of ordination. Like, of course, watch, witness that, but but really internalize and pray with that too. As the royal priesthood together, praying for a man to become part of the ministerial priesthood. I'm sure my brother, maybe he's... Maybe he's anxious about how he's going to be a good servant to to all of us, to to, these, to this local church. Oh. Please pray for James.
0: Absolutely. Deacon Justin, thank you so much for your time today. This was a big topic, but yeah. you've done such a beautiful job in just helping us along. I'm sure for many, there are still so many questions and sure. we just pray that, well, God fill us with well, what we need to understand about these things that our church offers us. Thanks so much for your time today. Of
1: course.